Hey everyone, this is Craig Horlbeck from the Ringer Fantasy Football Show. Join me, Danny Heifetz, and Danny Kelly every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday to help you win your draft, win your league, and most importantly, avoid that last place punishment. Follow the Ringer Fantasy Football Show on Spotify. It's the Ringer's Philly Special presented by FanDuel. The playoff action is heating up. And with FanDuel, you can bet on everything from the NBA Finals MVP to who's going to lift the Stanley Cup. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Parlay Hub, filter by odds, sport, and bet type to easily find the most popular parlays and same-game parlays all on one page. Plus, start betting on the pulse and get paid instantly when you win. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus, 18 plus in D.C. and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit rg-help.com. This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. Welcome to the Ringers Philly Special Emergency Pod. Matt Patricia is here to save the Eagle season. I'm Shiel Kapadia, joined by Ben Solak, who's he's got a pencil in his ear. Okay, he doesn't. That would have been a good bit, but he is ready for the Matt Patricia. Oh, there you go. He just grabbed one. He just put there it in. Go. He's feeling good. Benny Souls. I thought, you know, I thought I'm a little under the weather, as you can probably hear from my voice here. I thought, all right, well, at least, you know, we're not doing a post-game pod today. I'll rest up. Monday, we'll come back. We'll do the double pods. We'll do Philly special. We'll do extra point taken. But then, before the one o'clock games, news breaks in a very clunky way, which I want to get to. But basically, yes. that Matt Patricia is taking over the defense. How are you feeling uh, as we go into week 15 and your favorite team as a new defensive coordinator? Not good, Deshiel. But here, let's let's you and I reminisce over those defensive coordinator changes made in the month of December that went so well over all the seasons of professional football. All those times you changed a play caller with four weeks left in the regular season that went just swell for the team. What? It's Sunday. Why is this out now? Why is this out the way that it is? Why did this happen the way that it is? Why did it happen with the person with whom it happened? <laughs> every, every single thing about this is bad. I don't know if it's the uh, Tylenol cold and sinus, but I'm finding you particularly uh, amusing this evening <laughs> so far. All right, let's get, let's get to the basics here so far. So uh, reports, you know, I, I love it. The Sunday morning newsbreakers, they all got to have their little scoopage. And so... Uh, the first one came, I believe, from Rap Sheet, who said something. It was very couched. It was something like, well, Sean decides sitting upstairs and Matt Patricia sitting downstairs. Little minor change. No big deal. And then Jay Glazer just comes in. 
with the haymaker. Quote, Philly very quietly made a change at defensive coordinator this week, moving out Sean Desai and replacing him with Matt Patricia. Desai remains with the team in a different capacity, but Patricia now runs and calls the defense. Okay, so since then, Eagles come out and they say, no, 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 uh, Sean Desai's title is still defensive coordinator. Whatever that means, if you're not call- if you're not running the defense and you're not calling the defense and you're not the main guy coaching the defense, you are not the defensive coordinator. So, all right, that was that was very weird uh, yes. messaging there. Your question: Well, why does it come out Sunday morning? Well, Sean Desai did his weekly press conference as the Eagles' defensive coordinator this week when he literally was not co- the coordinator the day of his press conference. All right, so that's a little weird. So uh, this all goes back so like to the off season, if you remember. I can't remember if you and I did a pod right after or not, but when the the report was leaked or or whatever reported that Matt Patricia was joining the Eagles staff, Eagles knew, okay, this might not be the most popular move for us as an organization. They post something on their website that Matt Patricia has joined the staff. They take it down from the website that Matt Patricia has joined the staff. It was clunky then. It's clunky now. So Desai is, is, is reportedly going to work in a lesser role then Patricia, I don't know why you don't just fire the guy if you're bringing on a new uh, defensive coordinator. But all of that, I mean, w- w- how did you kind of process all this information as it was unfolding? Were you confused? Were you like, oh, is this doesn't seem like a big deal? Wait, this does seem like a big deal. Oh, they're actually just pretty much firing one guy and replacing him with this guy that nobody really likes. But the it, it's it's completely discombobulating, and because it's discombobulating, you inherently just feel frustrated. You feel. Uh, 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 uncertain, you feel worried. Because if you were attempting to communicate confidence in the direction of your defense as you started upon a new direction, right? You can communicate confidence in the defense by being like, yeah, we're not going to make any defensive coaching changes, which they did, right? Zach Berman tweeted out, like the first question that Sirani got asked the start of the week was, you going to make any coaching changes? Sirani was like, nope, right? So they, you, you, you went to communicate confidence in the current direction. And now it's 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 out that you have changed direction. However, there's a way to change direction with your chest. There's a way to change direction with confidence, right? You, you hop up on a podium on Wednesday and you say, "Listen, like we met with the we, we met with players, we met with coaching staff, we had a good conversation." You know, Josh Sweat was giving quotes after the game where he's like, "I'm not used to you know this this sort of pressure is not taking care of everybody." Jeff McLean had a wonderful piece in the Acquirer, kind of couching these these quotes within the context of the change DC. So you have these quotes from uh, you have, uh, players have been saying this and they've been talking about this and. Kevin Byard, right? There was the piece in The Athletic about how Kevin Byard and, and, the, and the Eagles players are changing their approach to the meeting rooms, changing their approach to the initial scout, right? You say, listen, we, 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 we look back on every single piece of our process, and we're going to make a change in how the defense is coordinated. Uh, Sean Desai is still going to manage the meeting rooms and, 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 and the direction of the defense Monday to Saturday. We're going to have Matt Patricia in the headset on Sundays. And we like this because Patricia's got a lot of experience calling defenses. We think he's, he's, a, he's a great guy. Then you say a bunch of lies about Matt Patricia whatever like you know it's awesome at calling defense and you and you say and and because of the collective work that we did we're really confident that our our defense which we know has been underperforming and we know can be a lot better than this is going to make that that leap's going to step up back up to that bar because of the changes we made you had the opportunity to do that you had a whole freaking chance to do that and instead this slips and slinks roughshod out of the building while Jalen Hurts is getting on a different plane because he has the flu after we learned Darius Slay has a, has a knee scope. It feels like you guys don't know what's going on in your building. It feels like you guys are just turn around. Oh, Matt Patricia stole the headset from Sean Desai. 
So now he, like, there was the quote about uh, some player game where he was like, oh, like, Desai was, like, not emphatic enough on the headset, not confident enough on the headset. Feels like Patricia, like, big boy Desai. It feels like he kicked out his door on Thursday and was like, I'm the captain now, give me the mic. And it worked? Like, this feels like such a mess, and it's because of the way that it got out. Now, if the defense is better, the defense is better. But the, the initial vibes on it are horrendous. And if they walk out against the Seahawks and don't have a great defensive performance... The first nine questions are going to be about what happened because it's your first chance to talk about it. It's going to be after the Seahawks game because of when you let this get out. So horribly managed. And so now there is so much pressure on the defense to be good in this one-off game right now. You don't even know what quarterback you're facing. If they're bad, it's going to be so much heat on this decision couched in the post game of like a bad defensive performance against the Seahawks. Terrible, 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 bad. The timing is so interesting because of what you just said. I mean... They have faced the third hardest schedule of opposing offenses so far this season. And I, you know, I tweeted something out earlier and people were saying it couldn't get any worse. No, no, it can get worse. They're 20th in defensive DVOA. They're not 30. You, you know how many times, you know how many times Matt Patricia has coached a defense that has finished 20th or better in defensive DVOA in his last five seasons as a coach or coordinator? Oh, zero. His last five seasons, zero. Once, Damn. once. He got, the, he got to 16th with old Bill Belichick holding his hand. He was able to get, he has never coached a top 10 defense. His last, when he was away from Billy Boy, 32nd, 24th, and 28th. Like, are we calling Bill Belichick Billy Boy now? Is that where we fired up with Billy Boy? We're ripping I'm, it. Let's go. I'm testing it out here. And old then William. Works, yeah, then 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 we take it uh, to other platforms. So I think multiple things can be true here. One, the defense isn't playing well, and you can absolutely make a case that Sean Desai is not doing a good job. Two, Matt Patricia is not the freaking man who's going to solve your problems. Like if this was last year and Vic Fangio was in the building as an advisor, and you said, you know what, we're going to then everyone, okay, that's it. Didn't even have to if it was like somebody else. It, it didn't even have to be as good as Vic Fangio, but somebody else of that ilk. Fine. Uh, but like, this is Matt Patricia again, last five seasons, 32nd, 24th, 28th, 31st and 16th. Don't tell me coach. Oh, he was the coordinator on a Super Bowl team. That defense sucked. Nick Foles freaking lit that defense <laughs> up in the Super Bowl and then got lit up all season long. They were 31st in defensive DVOA, DVOA again with Bill Belichick holding his hand. He was 31st. If he, if he, if he was worth anything, they might've won that Super Bowl. By the way, last year. When Belichick brought him back, he thought so much of Matt Patricia as a defensive mind that he had him coach the offense. Like, what are we talking about here? No, no, no. This guy does not have any type of resume or credibility that he has been a good coach, that he has been a good coordinator. And on top of that, he has been the worst type of failure because his players couldn't stand him. In Detroit. Now, listen, I know there's some players in New England who like him. Chris Long was tweeting. He liked Matt Patricia. I mean, I do think Chris Long can get, get along with pretty much anybody, which is a right. credit to him. But that's not, I mean, you Chris have a guy Long. in the building in Darius Slay who like could not stand this guy. And now you're handing the defense over to him. So the whole thing is clunky. The whole thing reeks of a team uh, that is in full panic mode when they are 10 and three, like their whole messaging when they're 10 and oh, we're 10 and three. Why are we getting asked these questions? We're 20, 10 and three. You know how many teams are 10 and three? And then guess what? By the time your next game rolls around, you freaking just fired your defensive coordinator it's from Matt Patricia. Joe, Christmas is in a week. <laughs> in a week. It's almost the new year. They made a coordinator change. This is not the time. Like, I, I am, I am very rarely one to be like, yeah, dance with the one that brought you. I'm like, I've certainly, we talked about this on last week's show. Like, all right, who's been having more issues? Sean Desai or Brian Johnson? 
you and I both land on the Brian Johnson side of things. We think, you know, Desai kind of dealt a little bit of a tough hand personnel-wise. So, I, I, so, but there's been issues with Desai. I'm not one to say you have to dance with the one who brought you. But the, the world, the realms, the, all the potential universes in which this switch to Patricia leads to a quick enough, significant enough defensive improvement to warrant, to warrant the risk of this? Get, yeah. You are pulling the chair out from under. Like this, this, if this doesn't work, it's egg on your face in the next month. And, and, and you, like, Keely Ringo's going to be starting. They're not in a position <laughs> to succeed. I was actually thinking before we started, because I had the same thought as you did. I'm like, all right, Sheila, let's look. I, yeah, you got to look at it from both sides. Get to the spot where you're telling yourself February rolls around and we're talking on the Ringers Philly special about the, how the move to Matt Patricia helped jumpstart this defense and helped get the Eagles to a Super Bowl. I'm like, tell yourself. And then I was trying to think, all right, what bet could I do? I, I, I feel like there's something here where I could get you some type of uh, sandwich from Philadelphia and I will literally drive it to Michigan and hand it to you. I'd meet you halfway, dude. <laughs> Just all right. Okay, let's do that. All right, we're actually doing this. I will bring something from here. You will bring something from Michigan. If we yeah. are talking we'll about a, a nice Super Bowl lunch, matchup with Matt the Eagles Patricia in it. In the middle of somewhere, yeah. Ohio. Yes, and it's legitimate. It's a legitimate storyline with credibility that the reason why the Eagles are in the Super Bowl, part of it at least, is because of replacing Sean Desai with Matt Patricia. I am meeting Ben Solek somewhere in between Media, Pennsylvania and Grand Rapids, Michigan, <laughs> and we will do a lunch there. There you go. That, that's as how confident as I feel about it. Now, I will say this. So I, I did try to go down that path. Where I landed is that there had to be something with like, losing the locker room might be too strong, but I feel like there had to be something where players were really like, this guy doesn't have it. This guy isn't putting us in positions to succeed, which like, like that, it has to be something player related. Cause I mean, remember Nick Sirianni's first year, like Johnny Gans wasn't exactly lighting it up. And, and at no point were they thinking about making a change there again, you're 10 and three. This is his first year as a defensive coordinator. And so I do think this is a risk you take when you bring on a coordinator who might not have the bona fides of somebody mm -hmm. who has done it for a long time or has a proven track record of success, you know, like a Jim Schwartz. Oh, no, no, this guy's been in the NFL a long time. Uh, he's coached well. He's coached good defenses. Just believe in him. And part of coaching is making sure your players believe in what you're preaching, believe in what you're doing. It feels to me, and again, this could be wrong. I'm just telling you what it feels like, that at some point it feels like the players were maybe like, we don't believe in what this guy's doing. That's right. part of the reason why we're struggling and that's why we're here. And that gets true. Now, how does that get, you know, is that just Nick Sirianni observing to your point earlier? Is Matt Patricia telling somebody, hey, you know, like, listen, players don't might not believe. Like, I don't know. That's all speculation. I don't know about like, but what other reason if you had to go down that path? Like, like put yourself in a spot where to start this podcast, I said, so like defend this decision from the organization's perspective. What theory would you have on why this could potentially make sense? For them, because obviously they want to win games. They're not trying to sabotage their own season. In their mind, they think this is the right move. What could the theory be? I think right player driven is probably your best one. Where it's like they the the, the players came to came to Sirianni and Howie and said, "We don't, we can't play the way Desai wants us to play, and we need like something to be different." I don't like the the thing is in that world i don't think the players came and said we want patricia i think the players would were came together and say like we can't like decide like it's not making sense right 
one of the things that was said in the McLean article was that like as they added a bunch of new players, like things needed to simplify. And I think there's there's a chance that like the defense just doesn't make sense to some of the guys who are on the field, like especially the veterans. And that's dudes. a fair probably yeah. that's a fair criticism, I think, based on like what we see uh on film. It does feel like they're trying to do a lot of things. And yeah, to your point, this is like like they have a rotating cast of uh characters in the secondary. So yeah, that sorry to interrupt you, but I, no, I think course. that criticism is absolutely fair uh, of Desai. Yeah. So I think that 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 I think I think player driven is the most reasonable explanation, but it's only player driven for the first half, which is like something needs to change with the defensive coordinating with the defensive coaching. The second, like I don't think anybody was like we need Matt, which maybe they were. Like I get like maybe they were, but it wouldn't have been Darius, and Matt, I guess he's got his knee scope. So who else are your leaders? And if you're in, if you're at a point where you're saying, all right, well, you know the what we have in the building right now is is Matt Patricia, like that's our senior defensive assistant. He's our guy with experience. Then you have to walk back to that moment in which you had Vic Fangio in the building. Vic got out and he got to Miami. You wanted to make that hire. You couldn't. You go and you bring in Desai. And when you bring in Desai, you're acknowledging that is the younger guy who doesn't have a ton of play calling experience. And we're going to want to pair him with somebody, get him with somebody who's a lot more veteran, who's a ton of defensive of coaching experience so that that can strengthen his weaknesses, can fill in some of his gaps. You should have known when you hired Desai who I dude b was going to be who the next guy was going to be because it doesn't feel like you knew it feels like you got to sign the building and then a couple weeks later you were like map church is around and like that's 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 what you had like that you you played the hand that you were dealt you made your bet i gotta lie in it right because this this is now the best option that you have defensive coaching in my opinion is always one where uh like uh, uh there's a lot of young firebrand offensive coaches a lot of young innovators on offense defense you're always really 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 benefited from having been in a bunch of systems and seen a bunch of things because you're in a reactive position defensively so you you need to have a lot of different solutions to a lot of different problems that's why it's it's good to have senior defensive assistants and guys who have been around a couple times trisha's only really coached in one system he's only ever been successful with belichick he doesn't actually have that much experience right the de- the defensive assistants for other teams are like john fox like dom capers and like vic fangio for the eagles dudes who are like 140 who have just seen tons of offense right Matt doesn't fit that bill. And so now here you are with Matt Patricia running the defense and you just, there's no possible way you feel good about that. Yeah, no, I would, uh, let, let's take a quick break here. We'll talk a little more uh, about this in a minute. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. All right, we're back on the Ringers Philly special. Yeah, I know. I, I totally agree with you. I mean, when I look at like what schematic changes could they make? I mean, Matt Patricia was a very man heavy uh, coordinator and coach, both in Detroit and New England. I gave out the numbers last week. This is like a bottom five defense when they play man coverage. Like, and now Slay is out. Like, okay, you're going to just, you know, man up with, with these linebackers, with these safeties, with Keely Ringo, with James Bradbury, who looks way slower than he did last year, and keep it simple and do that. Fine. Uh, I think there is something to keeping it uh, a little bit more simple and letting your pass rush get home. We'll see if that pays any dividends. But again, they faced uh, the 49ers, number one in defensive DVOA. Dolphins, number two. Bills, number three. Chiefs, number four. 
Cowboys, number six. Like, this is who, like, these are the teams they have just played. Now you're playing the Seahawks, the Giants, twice, and the Cardinals. Like, I'm telling you right now, don't come back to me in a month. And now this goes off this to like is, my summertime. Yeah, tangent. This, this is, is like the second part of it. Yeah, yeah. Yes. yes, thank you. Don't come back to me in a month and show me counting stats of how the Eagles are allowing fewer yards and fewer points and fewer touchdowns and our better red zone and our better third down in, in the four games with Matt Patricia they than they were with be. Sean Desai. They freaking better be. That's right, because they're playing crappy offenses for the next month. Guess what? If Sean Desai just stayed in his current position and like his menu literally said cover one, cover three, cover four, no checks, no, no, he, it's the numbers probably still would have been better. He just had to pick one of those three because a lot of it has to do with the opponents you're facing. So uh, again, they're 20th in defensive DVOA. They played pretty well against the Dolphins. They played relatively well against the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, they got lit up by the 49ers. They got lit up by the Cowboys. They played pretty well against the Rams earlier this season, which was a top 10 defense. So there has been a hit or miss nature to it. I don't think Desai has done a a good job, a great job. They've gotten lit up the past two weeks. I also don't think looking at the talent that it was like, you got to make a change here. Like, I I don't know. I mean, I don't like, where do you think, let's say Vic Fangio was coaching this defense this year. They're 20th in defensive DVOA right now. Where do you think they would be given the personnel? Let's do that exercise. Yeah, like 12, 13, <laughs> right? Like, I think I think they could get to above average. I think okay. that they would have probably made a remarkably different investment in linebacker than they did. And that's the tricky thing, right? It's like, I think the Vic Fangio defense with the, with these linebackers is 38th in the league, but I don't think they'd have walked into the, the season with these linebackers if Vic were coaching the defense. So it's kind of, you know, it, it's a little bit of like a, a moving target to hit for prognostication-wise. Um yeah. Now, what I will say is there is always a, like it's with NFL players, right, who like, you know, you and I sit here and we're like DVOA for NFL players. The world's a lot simpler, right? Like how many points are on the board? How do we feel about how we played? There's a little bit of like after it, therefore, because of it that works here, right? Where if they make the switch to Patricia and then they beat up on Drew Locke, Tommy DeVito and, 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 and the Cardinals and Tommy DeVito again, I'm sure the collective defensive feeling in the locker room is going to be like okay, we're better, and it's because of the change. Like, and they're going to, like, and obviously they can also be played some yeah, opponents. Yeah, like they're not, they're not dumb, but there's going to be that feeling. That, that feeling is going to be there, right? You're playing faster, you're hitting guys, you get a turnover, like, here we go, like, we fixed it. I think when you and I get to the postseason game and we're prepping that game and we're previewing it, we're going to say, hey, like, this is the, the, the hammer's about to drop, right? Here comes the other shoe. Like, that, that, that improvement wasn't real. But they'll walk into that game, potentially, I would say likely, feeling just generally better as a unit and that means something i don't know how much it means on the point spread i don't know how much it means in the final score like you know it a momentum it's a point one i don't know i can't quantify it for you but that does mean something and so i think like even if there is that dummy improvement that's meaningful inside the room just because of how players uh, act and feel and connect with one another yeah, that no, that that is a good point. Yeah, that that is not statistics. That is just yeah, from a mental perspective, from an emotional perspective, from a confidence perspective. For them, again, they were going to play well, better the last month of the season anyway. But if they're feeling better about it, again, I don't know how much that's worth. But um, you're absolutely right about that. The other thing is this does have like far-reaching implications. Like Sean decides, like you need a defensive coordinator for next year. I know we're we're focused on this year, but like you, you thought maybe Desai would be your guy for a few years here. Like he he cannot he's not going to return as the defensive coordinator at any point. Is it Matt? I mean, this could, the worst case scenario 
would be they talk themselves into some Matt Patricia stuff with the way the last month of the Don't season goes. Don't even put it and into then the he's universe. Your How dare in 2024, you? And now you're screwing your 2024 season. I mean, that is a possibility here. By the way, there's also a possibility that they get cooked by some of these crappy offenses. Like, they're right, not, you yeah. know what I mean? Like, like yeah, it, it's not a lock that they're going uh, to play well with this personnel, with Matt Patricia coordinating it. We see other defenses get lit up by bad teams sometimes uh, as well. So that's the other possibility. Uh, one thing I'm curious about is the process for making this call. Uh, so this goes back to previous regimes and just how the power structure of the Philadelphia Eagles with Jeffrey Lurie and Howie Roseman. Was this Nick Sirianni coming to them and saying, I want to make a change and them saying, do what you think you need to, you know, you need to do. Uh, this is your staff. We don't feel strong that, you know, I have a strong opinion one way or another. Was it the opposite? Was it Jeffrey Lurie and Howie Roseman saying, have you thought about making a change? This defense doesn't look good. They just got lit up. How are you feeling about Desai right now? Is there a move we can make here? Uh, because those conversations absolutely happen. They absolutely have input on the coaching staff, on the coordinators. Nick Sirianni did not have a previous history with Sean Desai or, for that matter, Brian Johnson. So Roseman, Lurie, other people in the, in the building uh, certainly have influence there on what his, who his coaching staff is. And so that's just something to keep in mind uh, in, the, in the weeks and months ahead as we get more information on this decision. And then the other thing, so like I said this like when I was, uh, you know, after our last post-game pod where I mentioned Nick Sirianni has not faced adversity since his first, what, seven or eight games as an NFL mm -hmm. head coach his first season. Then they turn that season around. They lose to the Bucs in the playoffs, but you're feeling good about the turnaround. Last year, they breeze through the regular season. They get to the Super Bowl. Looks like you have a great head coach. This year, you start out 10-1. and one, You're feeling good. And then two losses, and this is what hits after two losses. Listen, he's got to do what he feels like is the best move for him, but that's pretty interesting to me that it's not the calm of, hey, uh, you know, and Bo Wolf wrote this um, in a column he wrote today on PHLY about Fletcher Cox basically saying, like, you take your direction from the top. Like, if they're not panicking, then you know, all right, we don't need to panic here. We're good. But then if they, I mean, if you're a player on the team right now, you're seeing that the leader of the organization is telling you, even though the team is 10 and three, he felt like one of the biggest cards possible to play at this stage of the season was worth playing. So um, that's something else I'm, I'm interested in, in here with Sirianni. How do the players uh, respond is this kind of how he responds to adversity? Is this Howie Roseman, Jeffrey? Like, where is it coming from? Right. So all those things are sort of bigger picture things in my head when you see a move like this. Yeah. The, I mean, like, we have to remember that in 21, Sirianni flipped play calling from himself to Shane Steichen, and that came with big returns, right? Like, Sirianni has flipped play calling in his building that's before. That's true. Good point. Yeah, yeah that's with, true. With success. Now, that was Sirianni taking something kind of out of his hands and putting it in somebody else's hands on the offensive side of the ball. This and is much earlier in the season. Much earlier in the season. This is, besides the, the one shared comparison of like changing a play caller, this is very different. This is late in the season, passing it down the, like he passed it from like himself down. This is like moving from one spot to the other. Like he, it's not like he's giving it away or taking it as the head coach. It's just changing the responsibility. Uh, and it's on the defensive side of the ball. It's late in the season. So the, 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 the differences run a little skin. But in general, like, you know, he has done play calling changes before and there's there's been success with that and like we talked about a lot with Steichen and brian johnson you can run the same system the guys on the headset matters just in terms of like feeling game flow 
And if part of their logic, like he says, we learn more about this in the coming days and they actually have to talk about it on a mic. Uh, if part of the logic is, well, Patricia's just called a lot more defense on a Sunday. And so we feel like he's going to feel the flow of the game a lot better. He's going to know when to call that blitz, when to call that adjustment, when to call that timeout. Like, we just think he's going to execute better on a Sunday. Then, like, I can see the logic of it. That might be the whole point of the switch. I mean, you're an organization, like the Eagles organization has rightfully so gotten many accolades nationally, you know, just for how they, the roster building and uh, the investments by Jeffrey Lurie, which is absolutely true. How are you going into a stretch run 10 and three with Matt Patricia as your defensive coordinator? I mean, how is this? How, how did I, this when I, the first, how, the how first the camera shot on Monday Night Football where it's I see Matt Patricia in an Eagles Anger. windbreaker is going to drive me nuts, dude. It's going to yeah. drive me nuts. It's, it's, it's odd to even think about. All right. I think those are most of my thoughts on the uh, coordinator change. Jalen Hurts, questionable with an illness. Johnny Airport had the, had the photo of, uh, of Jalen Hurts getting on a different plane to fly to Seattle so as not to get his teammates infected. So there you go. There's a, a questionable for Jalen Hurts. We'll see if he plays Sunday night. We still don't know if Drew Locke or Geno Smith is going to play for the Seahawks. Eagles right now are three-point favorites. So that line has pretty much moved down steadily from, I think, four and a half when we recorded last week's post-game pod uh, to now. Darius Slay, you mentioned having that knee procedure. We'll miss this game and probably more. I guess the report, yeah. I think, from Adam Schefter was that he'll be back for the, you know, at some point in the regular season. We don't know when. I think Jeff McLean reported Keely Ringo is going to get the start. I'm actually excited to watch Akili Ringo. You know, it adds a little, hey, it adds a new wrinkle to the this time of the season. Let's he see already got. got his rookie baptism last yeah. week. Just throw him out there against the Cowboys, the most important game of the season. Just let him get absolutely hammered on every single rep. So, like, you know, you've, 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 uh, you've broken the seal, and now it's all up from here. All right, better and better every week. Round one grade from Ben Solak on Keely Ringo. Very excited to, to, to see that in practice against Tyler Lockett in isolated man coverage with Matt Patricia Ooh. calling the plays on an island Monday game. Thrilled, thrilled that this is our, our, uh, our Keely Ringo situation. My goodness. Bradbury, Keely Ringo. In Bradley Roby or Eli Ricks against DK Metcalf. If I Tyler have to Lockett watch Jackson a Marcus Mariota-led, Matt Patricia-coached Eagles team lose to Drew Locke, I'm going to be inconsolable and unpleasant to deal with. I want to make that very clear. There you go. Uh, on, on a, on a uh, plus note, the Cowboys got killed by the Bills today. So there you go. Yeah. You picked up uh, half a game on the Dallas Cowboys today. The 49ers, on the other hand, uh, continue to roll. And like it's shocking when you have one of their games on and they don't score a touchdown. So yeah. that's not uh, great news. Win both of the Giant games and one of two Seahawks Cardinals games and the Eagles in the division. That's 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 the world right now. Win three out of the next four with two of those three being the two Giants games and the division's yours. And there you go. Keep Jalen Hurts, you know, with the mask and employ Matt Patricia <laughs> and do whatever else you want to do, but <laughs> at least do that. Yeah, I mean that would probably mean you're the two seed and you play two home playoff games and then you see what happens. I don't know. We'll see what happens. This could really go either way. I know this is like we're ripping. I feel strongly about ripping the move. At the same time, they could come out and play great against the Seahawks. And we're here talking tomorrow night about, well, you know, for one one game, at least uh, it didn't crumble. At the same time, it, this absolutely could go in the other direction. When you're seeing all the things that are happening uh, right now with this team, with this move, with uh, what players 
have said here with the leadership, with kind of the tension in the building. If you lose three in a row at this stage of the season, we've seen these seasons before. I've told you, what was it? The 94 season, I think seven and two, you start out, you finish seven and nine. You had the Chip Kelly year, 2013. You beat the Cowboys uh, on things Thanksgiving, and then you fall apart down the stretch. So uh, there's still four games left. You have a favorable schedule right now. You went through the gauntlet. Let's see how this thing finishes out. All right, Sola, did I miss anything? Any closing words? Oh, wait, we got to get Cliff. Cliff. Cliff was just spitting fire when we when I we came on before we started recording. So uh, I'm like, Cliff basically said everything that we've said in a much more succinct, uh, clear way than I ever could. So we need to hear from Cliff. Cliff, hello, my friend. First of all, we okay. got Benny Pencils over here. He got the pencil stuck in his <laughs> hair. But look, man, like this just screams <laughs> a certain <laughs> this screams a level of dysfunction that I'm not happy about. Like this is we are in a 14 game of the season and you're making a major switch like this to a guy most people don't think is good and most people don't like. So how are Eagles fans supposed to be optimistic about this overall? And second of all, this all goes back to Johnny Gaines. Like he left his mark yet again, bro. We are supposed to have Vic Fangio here and yet Jonathan Gannon ruined it again for us. Like how many more things is he going to? There's going to be something else he's going to ruin for us. Watch, like he better not we mess play up the prayer him. We, play play we do got to yeah. see him. By, by the way, I, I think I will be in attendance for that game. We do have to see him. But, but man, like it, this just screams a level of dysfunction from a franchise. Like you know, maybe in the past, maybe well they're good now, but maybe the Lions or Browns or somebody would do something stupid like this, or the Buccaneers or you know whoever's been the dreck of the NFL in the past, but. Man, I, I just I don't like this. I don't know who, what the power structure is. I read Bowles column on a PHLY. Shout out to them; they do great work. Bo Zach, um, uh, Fletcher Cox is with them as well too. And um, I, he said, like, yeah, like you know, we react off, off how coaches react. There's a lot of young players on defense, so you got the Keely Ringos, the Jalen Carters, the Jordan Davises of the world. They seeing stuff like this, and they're saying to themselves, "Whoa, whoa wait, wait, we gonna make this major of a change this late in the season?" Like, how am I supposed to have faith in the coaching staff or the people up top knowing what they're going to do? And then how you got to take some responsibility, too. Your top five tackle leaders from last year aren't on this team. You know, Ben's favorite guy, Kazir White, is not there. Hargrave isn't there. Kazir, uh, who was actually playing well in Arizona this year, and then he got hurt. Career yeah, where, season. Where that Kazir <laughs> was in Philly last year, I don't know. But he was right. great. TJ Edwards, I believe, I said hard. TJ had a nice game for the Bears today. He's Real playing nice. well also. Very yeah. well, yeah. Marcus Epps, I think, as well, too. And uh, CJ no. DJ, right? Those are the top five tackle <laughs> leaders last year on the Eagles, and they're all going on the defensive side of the ball. And then you you brought in Zach Cunningham on August 6th. You brought in Nick Morrow, uh, uh, a guy, you know, late, what it was, I, I think it was March, a guy the who's same not time, really, yeah. yeah, right. He's not really that talented. You know me on this pod. I've been going at him all season. I'm not. I'm oh, a yeah. linebacker fan. No, he was fan. earlier. I was thinking of Miles Jack, but yeah, you're right. Miles yeah. Jack, Miles Jack as well. Yeah. I'm a linebacker fan. I grew up in the Jeremiah Trotter era when guys like that was actually <laughs> hitting people, knocking people over. You know, the, the, the Teddy Bruschi's of was my favorite players growing up. And every year, year after year, we don't invest in that position. And then you had undersized N'Kobe Dean, who was supposed to save us, who's pretty much a glorified special teams player, and he's hurt, and he can't play. So it's like, Howie, where's the responsibility on that end where you didn't clean up the defense even the slightest, especially in a linebacker position? So we're stuck with Zach Cunningham. We're stuck with a rookie Keely Ringo. Uh, Avante Maddox is out. That's huge for the Eagles. You're, you know, you're pretty much replacing two safeties again uh, this year as well. So it's like... You're, the talent yeah, really the ain't all there. Not, yeah. like, 
The talent yeah, isn't that's all there. That's why I asked the question about Fangio, yeah. The talent is all invested in the D-line and in the pass rush. That's clearly not working. Guys in the secondary getting cooked. Bradbury and Slay just got contracts. So, uh, listen, Slay, you know, somehow gets hurt <laughs> as the coach that he, you know, pretty much said, I don't like this guy publicly mm, a I bunch like of different angle. times the same week. <laughs> like, it's crazy. It's This is just, yo, it's a big whirlwind of nonsense that's going on right now. And the Eagles are so lucky that they have this stretch of games coming up. Because, like, if you were doing this going into San Fran, going into the Cowboys, I'd be concerned. At least you got, you know, Daniel DeVito, Tommy DeVito, DeVito, whoever, whoever's on the Giants, the guy that does all the hand motions and all Tommy. that. Yeah, <laughs> at least you got Tommy him. gutlets, Benny pencils, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, at least you got him twice, and then you got uh, a lowly Cardinals team. You know, <laughs> don't get it twisted. They are pl- listen. I don't like Johnny. Their Gansley. offense played actually pretty well. Yeah, for like they. I'll be yeah. watching them, and I, I keep right. my eyes, and I'm like, these guys actually be playing hard. So like, I give Gans credit for that. They're losing a ton of games still, but still, they play hard. So don't sleep on them as well. And then you have a game where you're going into, you know, you're flying across the country and then you're going to a place where you haven't won in, you know, 15 years. There's a lot of concern coming up here. The Eagles clearly need to get that home field because we saw what happened with the Cowboys today. If they have to play on the road, things just look different for them outside of Cowboys Stadium. So it's, it's, it's a lot, man. There's a lot to be concerned about. But overall, I blame Johnny Gans. Did I hear you say Teddy Bruschi was one of your all-time? I couldn't let that go. So, so uh, growing up, there was a the play. The listeners would have to, if I didn't follow up on that, I mean, the listeners would take this podcast away from me. <laughs> so, yeah. All right. So, growing up, right, <laughs> Teddy Bruschi was one, of my, was one of my favorite linebackers because it was a play. I think you it was like. You know people listen to this pod, Cliff, yeah? I, listen, I know. Yeah. They're going to they kill me this for this. this out? We, <laughs> you know Solak and I can't edit. Like, we don't know how to edit this <laughs> yeah, out. That's all for you. No, but, I was, yeah. a fan, no, but uh, I was a fan of linebacking because of him and Jeremiah Trotter growing up and Ray Lewis. So Teddy Bruschi, uh, it was a play in like an AFC championship game and Edger and James was the running back for the Colts. It might have been like 2004 or something like that. And uh, I think the Patriots were orchestrating a comeback on the Colts. And Teddy Bruschi, like Edger and James was like a bruiser, strong. I think he was probably like the strongest running back at that time in the league. Teddy Bruschi ripped the ball out of his hands as he was just running the ball, running, you know, like some off tackle play, something basic. And I was like, oh, this this guy's a monster. <laughs> so I was always like a Teddy. Yeah, I was always a Teddy Bruski fan. I was always a fan of linebacking. I was always a fan of like hits. That's why I was a big B Dog fan too. So yes, that explains why yeah, he brings I, it back. There you that, go. He that explains it back to why B-Dog. I'm always yeah. upset when the Eagles have to get a linebacker a month before the season starts and another linebacker retires during train the first week of <laughs> training camp and you're stuck with Nick Morrow and Zach Cunningham and. Uh, undersized Nicobe Dean as a third round pick, and I don't even know who what Van Buren, yeah, yeah, um, Sean Bradley, yeah. Love, that's my guy. <laughs> <Sean> <laughs> <Bradley>. <laughs> I, love, I love it. All right, before Sean. we get we can't go any deeper with this linebacker, Jack, Jack. we gotta cut we gotta cut it out here before people get too upset. They want to get hyped a little bit before this game starts. All right, Cliff said it all, Solex said it all. <laughs> Thank you very Listen, I did not think we're going to be doing an emergency pod on December 17th about Matt Patricia taking over the Eagles defense, but that's where we are. All right, everybody, enjoy the game Monday night, one way or another. We'll be back afterwards to talk about it. Uh, until then, thank you for listening to the Ringers Philly special. We'll talk to you soon.
Must be 21 plus and present in select states. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino, LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit FanDuel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Kentucky, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, and Virginia. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text NEXT STEP to 53342 in Arizona. 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut. 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com in Kansas. 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net in West Virginia. Or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in New York.